don't live the life that everybody else wants you to live. Live your own life and make, make your own moves. Tommy, has um, boxing changed since all these YouTubers came into the sport? Um, I think there's a lot more, you know, new eyes on the sport, and that's great. Um, but as far as, you know, conventional boxing, I don't think that's changed. I think everybody still tunes into, you know, your world title fights, your British title fights and what have you. But I feel like the younger generation has jumped onto YouTube boxing. You know, I feel like, you know, the younger population wouldn't so much watch a British title fight, whereas they would watch any YouTuber ever fight. So it's, it's taking, you know, different turns. I mean, I'm still a, a young man, but never would I thought, you know, YouTube boxing would be as, you know, big as a wave as it is. But, you know, credit to the guys, they're, um, they've got the stones to get in there, you know, and, and, and throw down in front of a crowd. So you can only amend that. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, proper skillful boxing, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, it's just a couple of guys wanting to get, you know, in the ring and have a fight and, and that's it. There's nothing, you can't really look at it in anything else you know it's not a skill aspect you know um, some of them are skilled some of them are in great shape but that's as far as it goes do you think the it's a net positive for the sport do you think maybe it woke it up when ufc came in and sort of challenged it or do you think it's going to sort of drop the credibility of it overall i mean i know there's a lot of genuine professional boxers out there who are, who are upset by it because you know they've spent all their life in a gym you know day in and day out training 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 to get you know, the coverage that these YouTubers are getting. But at the end of the day, boxing's a business. You know, I understand that. Um, everyone in the sport understands that it is a business. And if you can put bums on seats, you're gonna get the coverage. You're gonna get the big paydays, because that's what it's all about. You know, boxing used to be about how good you can fight and all that, but it's not anymore. Boxing's about, you know, sadly, how many followers you've got, you know, are you a big superstar? Can you sell out an arena? All this stuff that doesn't, really matter because when you get through the ropes none of that can save you anyway mm. so um i don't know it's it's crazy like i said before i don't i didn't see boxing turning out this way but it has done but how long it will be around for i don't know because i think it'll be a hit and miss type of thing you know everybody's loving it and enjoying it at the minute but in the matter of you know six eight twelve months whatever it may be you know it'll, it will die because it's not proper legit boxing you know with you know world titles and stuff on the line mm. um, so i think it will revert back to its old way but Let's just make the most of it while it's here. Does that create a bit of a conflict or a paradox in you? Because in a way, you're both. You're like we were talking before off camera, you've been boxing your whole life. You don't know anything else but boxing. Yeah. But you were also on Love Island. You are a big celebrity. You have got a massive following. So you could say you're both. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's one of them. Um, I'm very unique in my situation because there's, there's no one ever before been in my situation. You know coming from a boxing background, boxing family, you know, growing up doing it, just being that fighter, and then all of a sudden jumping on a TV show and suddenly, you know, life-changing experience overnight. Yeah. You know, and doing well on it. Um, I think it's just, it shot me to a place where I don't think many people can speak from because they've not been there. Yeah. Um, I regard myself as a fighter through and through. Don't get me wrong, Instagram is uh, its an amazing thing. I love everybody that follows me. I appreciate the support day in and day out. Um, you know that they are you know I wouldn't be where I am now without them so all credit goes to them but at the end of the day it's you know Instagram it's an amazing source of income that I only recently learned about after coming off Love Island because all influence and stuff like that I didn't know anything about that um, because I was just always in the gym wasn't really a big social media guy and I've sort of learned it you know on, on the job and obviously being with Molly helps because she's done the influencing like I've done boxing she growing up taking the pictures, trying the outfits on, putting it online, 
and I grew up in a boxing gym, so she's helped me understand that world. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a great thing, you know, to have the platform that I've got. You know, I can, I can raise awareness for anything on there. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I have it. Um, and it's great for just giving people an insight of what I do. Um, and of course, it's another source of income, which mm. is amazing. So yeah, I've, I'm getting two, two, two bites at the cherry, put it that way. Yeah. So we're also talking off camera how um, Tyson doesn't do all the cryo and the cold therapy, he just trains. What did Tyson, what did your brother and your dad think when you went into Love Island? Did you tell them first? What did they think of you doing that as a traditional family? Yeah, so obviously Love Island in my family was not a thing at all. <laughs> um, it was never on the TV at night time. You know, <laughs> it was never imagine. spoken about. Yeah. Um, and obviously it wasn't my dad's cup of tea at all. <laughs> Don't think it still is to be fair. Um, but I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. Did he try and talk you out of it or did he just, yeah? No, not really, right. because once I sat down and explained what, what, what it was, um, it was a great platform, even though I, I'd never watched Love Island before doing it. I've not watched it since. Not even watched my own series back. Um, but it was one of them things like, it, Love Island has gave me the, the platform of a world champion already. You know, it's put me out there. It's, it's helped me to step out of the shoes of being Tyson's little brother, which all of us called, you know, growing up, and that's not a bad thing. It's an amazing to be you know, related to the best fighter who's ever been, in my opinion. So it, that was amazing, but it helped, you know, born me. Like, everybody knows me now for Tommy Fury and what I'm like and my own personality. And that was the main thing that I wanted to do. Um, and I feel like everybody, because it was myself and I wasn't trying to hide anything, and what you see is what you get, I feel like a lot of people just gripped onto that because you don't really see, you know, someone in my position with, you know, a famous, successful older brother, you know, that they're normally quite up their own ass to speak like oh I'm too good for these people but me I'm just a normal guy uh, from a normal upbringing the same as everybody else and I've just gone on there and been true to myself and um, Love Island was a great thing you know it gave me the platform like I said and now I've just got to build on that. Mm. So do you feel like you have something to prove you know you said now you're recognised as you not you know Tyson's younger brother do you still feel like you've got something to prove to the world? No, um, I get that question quite a lot. I don't feel like I've got anything to prove. You know, I'm not trying to fill anybody's boots because if I was going to try and be, you know, try and follow in Tyson's footsteps, how great that would be, of course. But there's only one Tyson. And in my opinion, there'll only ever be one Tyson. Like you see, Mike Tyson, there's only ever one of him. Muhammad Ali, there's only ever one of him. And if I can do the best that I can do, I'll be happy with that, you know. Of course, I'd love to follow in his footsteps, but to follow in the footsteps of one of the greatest fighters that's ever been that only, come, that only comes around once in a hundred years, it's quite tough. But all I want to do in boxing is just be the best version of Tommy Fury that I can be. You know, I want to train hard, sacrifice everything that I have done so far, and wherever I get to, I get to. But the main thing is that I know at the end of my boxing career, for sure, whenever that may be, I'll know sitting down in the rocking chair that I give it absolutely everything. And that way I can't have any regrets because how can you regret something if you gave it everything? Mm. You can't. If it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, it's not. Mm. I'm a very realistic man. Like, I can't morph into Muhammad Ali or Tyson overnight. I can only be me and work with what I have and make the best of my situation. So I'm not trying to, you know, be Tyson. I'm not trying to fill any boots. I'm not trying to live up to anything. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself that I can be. And that's all I'm looking to do in boxing. Mm. So wherever that takes me, it takes me. Will you be a world champion one day? 
I 100% know I'll be a world champion. Yeah, 100%. You know, there's, and a lot of people say that. Like, a lot of people can sit here and say, oh, I'm going to win all the belts, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But I fully believe I'll be a success in boxing because I've got the drive and determination to get me there. You know, I, I believe skill is one thing, but hard work is another. And when you've, you know, worked so hard all your life and you, and you constant, constantly believe in yourself, I feel like you can achieve absolutely anything. I don't feel like there's nothing you can achieve if you don't believe in yourself. And that's just a mindset I've had from being a child with absolutely nothing in my pocket, no hopes of anybody. You know, I wasn't meant to do anything. I was meant to just be another boxer out there. You know, there's millions of them. I was just meant to be fighting on small shows, doing whatever I can do, getting by. But with the self-belief that I've had, and obviously the good fortune along the way, you know, the show, everything's come together and helped me get to where I am now. You know, it's just all about believing in yourself. I'm going to keep on doing that and I know where I'm going to get to in the sport. Does anything ever rock that belief? Do you ever have any doubts? Anything that can happen to you that makes you wobble? We're all human, aren't we? We're all human, um, but honestly, there's nothing that shook my belief. You know, from the upbringing and the, the, the work that I've had to do already to get to where I am, you know, it's, it's unheard of. I, I guarantee, you know, there's 1% of people that go through what I've been through already to get to vision that would go through with it. But all you've got to think in dark times is think of that vision that you have. And that's what I always do. Whenever it's getting tough or training's getting tough and I don't have a good day aspiring, I think, no problem. Good days and bad days. The dream is still what the dream is. I've still got a burning desire to do it. So it doesn't really change anything for me. Like, nobody can... Once I've got something in my head, nobody can take it out of my head. Like, I'm doing it, I'm going to get it done. And everything that I've said so far in my life, I've done. There's not one thing I haven't accomplished that I set out I was going to do. So it's just all about keeping that belief and keeping that desire and, you know, that, that's what I base myself on. You know, hard work, discipline, you know, and a dream because I'm still living off the dream that I've had since I've been six and seven, you know, and that dream will always stay alive until I accomplish it. And I always said, you know, I'm not looking to unify all the belts or anything like that. I just want to win world, one world title belt because that's what I said I'd do when I was six. Whatever that may be, I'm not, I'm not bothered. But as long as I achieve my dream, I'll be happy. Mm. Do you need to be an entrepreneur now in the world of boxing, promoting fights, having a following, doing you know maybe a lot of the business yourself? And do you see yourself as an entrepreneur? Um, it's tough because I'm not trying to you know be the jack of all trades. Like there's a famous saying, you know, it can be a jack of all trades but a master at one. You know, I'm trying to stick to my dream of being a world champion, and that isn't achievable if I'm trying to be a promoter. If I'm trying to juggle a thousand businesses my mind's taken off that whereas at the minute yeah i do brand deals on instagram you know I, I do instagram work and stuff like that but i don't do anything that ever put me in a situation where my mind's drifted away from boxing because boxing has got me to where i am now nothing else you know i'm not i i, I am and i'm not but i'm not an influencer you know i'm a fighter and that's all i know i don't know anything about anything else all i want to do is box and fight because that's my passion mm. you know if i didn't have boxing getting up in the morning and taking a picture in the mirror and a tracksuit for a brand and posting it, that that just leaves me empty inside. You know, that doesn't give me a purpose. I don't get excited for it, it just it is what it is. Mm. What makes me get up in the morning and makes me tick is going down to the boxing gym, learning my craft, getting better each day, improving 1% day by day, and getting one step closer to that goal. Yeah. You know, that's, that's me through and through. Um, and it always has been. Will you ever fight Jake Paul? Will it ever happen? <laughs> the famous question. Um, yeah, it definitely will happen. 
Um, you know, we're, we're always talking back and forth. I believe that fight will be made very, very soon. Um, and then it can stop every, everyone talking because, <laughs> you know, for the past two years, all I've heard is, when are you fighting Jake? You know, when's that, mm. when's it happening? When's it taking place? Where is it going to be? All these things. Um, so I'm kind of on repeat every single day. Yeah. But, Does it piss you off talking about it then? Um, I don't want to piss you off. No, no. No, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's good at the end of the day. If people are talking and interested in your fights, it's a positive, mm. and I know that. So I'll just be happy when, you know, the fight's done and it's dusted. Yeah. There's only one outcome because there is only ever going to be one outcome. Um, and I can just move on with my career. Yeah. I feel like it's been a burden, you know. I started off as a professional boxer. Still am a professional boxer, but because of all this Jake Paul stuff back and forth with YouTube, it's kind of put me in the light of a YouTube boxer. And that is not me. I made it very, very clear from day one when all this stuff started going on with Jake Paul. He's the only man that I'd ever fight because I want to fight legitimate fighters and win titles and go down in history and have my name remembered. Fighting Jake Paul does none of that. Don't get a title. You don't think he's a legitimate no. fighter? No, I don't. I no. believe he's a, he's a man who got it in his, got his, you know, in his head that boxing's a good idea. He can make some money from it and he can see what happens. You know, it's two completely different people here. You know, I've grown up doing this. Um, it's all I've ever wanted to do. I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it for passion. And my dream, like I say once again, this man is just dropping into the sport, dropping in and dropping out, seeing what he can do, making a quick book. Why do you need to fight him then if he's not, if he's not the best fighter that could be yeah. put in front of you? Why do you need to fight him? Because the way the world's gone at the minute, it's absolutely crazy. Um, and before going on Love Island, even after coming out of Love Island, before the, all this Jake Paul YouTube boxing stuff started, I was fighting legitimate people, earning my stripes. But if you want to slap millions of pounds in front of my face and ask me to fight Jake Paul. <laughs> I'd fight anyone for that. Yeah. I, you know, I, why am I not going to do that? Yeah. You know, I've got a family to feed now. Mm. I've got a little girl on the way. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Must be close now. Very close. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, thanks so, for fitting this in. Yeah, don't worry. No, she should be all right for an hour or two. <laughs> but no, like I say, the reason why I'm taking the Jake Paul fight is it's financially good. And... Is there not a part of you that wants to just shut him up though as well? Oh, there is, yeah, but he, he, he doesn't really, he doesn't get underneath my skin like that. No. You know, he can't get underneath my skin because I know what he's doing. You know, he's, he's, he's a whiz on social media. He's made a living off being an idiot, arrogant, and calling <laughs> people out for what, you know, for what it is. Yeah. But he can't get underneath my skin. All I see, all I see with Jake Paul is, is a business. Yeah. And if you want me to beat a man who can't fight up and throw millions of pounds in my face, not a problem, sign me up. Mm. And that's purely what this is. And I described it all the time as being on Route 66, I need to stop off and fill my camper van up and get back on the road. <laughs> I am on a straight and narrow road to world titles, but you want me to take a slight detour for an awful lot of fuel, <laughs> pick that up, yeah. and then jump back on the road. And that's exactly what I'm doing here, you know, at the end of the day. It is a business, you've got to use your head, and every fighter in my position will take that fight if it's mm. offered to them. But I'm surprised, you know. Why didn't it happen sooner? We had a couple of full starts, didn't you? Yeah, a couple of false starts. You know, I was training hard with Tyson and Morecambe, my father and everybody. You know, ended up breaking my rib, I think maybe four weeks out from the fight. And that was that. There's nothing you can do about that. You know, it was a tough patch in my life, a very dark patch, because obviously I missed out on a great opportunity. Second time it came, visa issues, couldn't get into America, still can't. Um, and at the end of the day, it's come around a third time and you know what they say, third time lucky. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that the fight takes place and if it doesn't this time, it'll be for no, no fault of my own. 
I may have been training, I've been training since my last fight in the gym every single day, purely ready for this man. Um, because that's all I've been thinking about boxing wise. I want to get this fella out of the way. So there's no more conversations. There's no more what ifs. It's done, it's dusted. Mm. Do you think some people, there's talk that some people have thrown a fight against him. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I'm not there on negotiations. I don't see the contracts. I don't know. Um, but there's nothing in my contract, you know, for the two previous fights that, that was scheduled. There's nothing like that. You couldn't pay me a trillion pound to take a dive. There's, there's no amount of money on this world that a trillion, there's a lot no, of a trillion. And I mean that. You could have a lot of kids in a car. I could have a lot of kids, but at the end of the day, money's not my god. You know, money's mm. nice, it makes the world go around, but it's not everything. And I grew up with no money. For, and I was 19, I was 18, 19, still no money in my pocket. Couldn't even, didn't even have enough to get on the bus. Didn't even have 50p to my name at 19, because I was in the gym, boxing for free, earning my stripes. Now, you know, you get all these wealthy men in the world, trillions, and good luck to them. Amazing, but it's, it's not my God. As long as I can have healthy kids, healthy family, and enjoy life like that, and keep living the life that I'm living now, I don't need trillions of pounds for that. Mm. You know, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, because I'm enjoying life. Mm. You know, I'm blessed to, do, to wake up in the morning, and do what I love doing every day. Um, you know, I'm blessed financially, I'm in a great position, I'm young, and you know, I thank God every single day for the life I've got. You know, I don't need trillions and multi-millions and all that sort of stuff and hundreds of millions. I'm not interested in that. And that's why I say you couldn't pay me that much to throw a fight because money comes and goes. You know, your legacy lasts forever. And who would I be to have a legacy of throwing a fight? You know, that's, that's not in my ass. That's not the type of person I am. It's not what I stand for. And if I was to do that, I'd be a complete hypocrite. Now, losing to a better man on the night, that's one thing. But throwing a fight and knowing full well he could have won it, that's that that's something that'll haunt you for life mm. you know and i'm not interested in money that much for, for that to be me mm. so last one on jake paul and then we'll move on <laughs> um is jake paul net good or net bad for boxing overall jake paul is like the rest of the youtube boxers he's bringing new eyes to the sport he's introducing children who might not have watched you know mike tyson box and not really boxing fans but just because he's got a following of a younger generation and he's in the boxing ring it's bringing eyes to the sport so in that sense it's great um, I feel like he could ease up on the disrespecting of um, you know great fighters like you know your Canelos and stuff like that. You know I think the way he talks about fighters is a bit cruel, but at the end of the day, that's how he's made his living. He's not going to change now. But is he good? I mean, he's definitely not a good boxer. I'll say that, but he's definitely a good marketer. You yeah. know, and he's bringing eyes to the sport, and that's that's all I can say about Jake Paul. You know, that's the only good thing that he's doing, mm. and that's that. Right. We've got a. Uh, would you ever fight round? Okay. Um, would you ever fight Logan Paul? <sighs> Money talks and bullshit walks, <laughs> basically, is my answer to all these, you know, YouTuber fights. Yeah. You know, if the price is right and you want me to fight somebody who can't fight, sign me up. All right, great. So I'm going to skip one here and move on to that. Would you ever fight Canelo? I would love to fight Canelo. Um, it would be a dream to share the ring with somebody of that stature. Um, it would be amazing. So yeah, I'm, all these legendary fighters, I'd love to grace the ring with any, any single one of them because it's a once-in-a-lifetime op time opportunity. And um, why not? Mm. What's the worst that can happen? You're going to get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> right now in the world, everyone's talking about Andrew Tate. Mm -hmm. um, first off, if you had the, the right payday, would you fight him? Honestly, I don't, you know, obviously I know who he is, uh, but 
I don't really know enough on him. That's me being completely honest mm. to speak on Andrew Tate. Um, obviously, I know who he is, but I haven't delved down that avenue, you know, because he's, he's not a man that's been calling my name. He's, I don't know on camera if he said anything about me. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I wouldn't because that is just, you know, a step too far out of what I'm trying to do. I mean, like I say, if the price is right, the price is right. But just on me speaking to you now, Andrew Tate is, it's like fighting a nobody. I mean, he's, he's not a boxer. He's not even pursuing boxing. He's just, he's, he's a podcaster. He's, he's a YouTuber, you know, and good luck to him, whatever he's doing. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's not the avenue that I want to go down. What about? Again, again, the price is right, then why not? <laughs> that might be the answer to all of these I ones. think probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about True Geordie? Because he's pretty outspoken, isn't he? He likes to have a pop at everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything to say on True Geordie. You know, um, I'm not the biggest fan, to be honest. Um, so I've, I really have nothing to say on him. <laughs> <laughs> right. How did your life change after Love Island? Because that's a big thing to go through. So life after Love Island, it was crazy. Obviously, beforehand not 50p in my pocket, couldn't go out to eat with my friends, um, couldn't get the bus or the tram to, to, to training, had to walk um, every single day. Uh, didn't have any money. And then all of a sudden I go on the show for two months, sit around in the sun, talk to a beautiful lady. And then I come out and I've got, you know, I've got money to use. You know, people know my name, I'm walking down the street, I'm recognised them. It's a whole different light, you know, I'm, I'm walking in the draft centre as I've done since I've been a little lad. But this time, you know, you're getting flooded for pictures and autographs and stuff like that. It's a crazy life, but I always keep my feet on the on the ground. I know where I've come from and I know it can go just as quick as it came. So you can't be this guy who thinks he's the man, you know, who thinks he's the dog's bollocks because you ain't. We're all blood and bone and that's what people forget sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a kid out of Salford trying to do the best that he can in life. And I've had a good break and I'm trying to make the most of it. And that's that, you know, I think that's why even three, three years on from the show, people still with me and Molly, you know, are really intrigued on what we're getting up to, you know, and the, and the pictures and autographs are still there because we're just so real. We're not trying to be a pretentious couple, you know, who's, who's, who's above anybody else. Me and Molly are the same, you know, are the same people as everyone else in the world. We have the same relationships, you know, we argue, we bicker, we all that sort of stuff. It's normal stuff, you know, mm. we're not any different than anybody else. I think that's what people really take a liking to. But life after Love Island, it's amazing. I thank God, like I said, every single day I can wake up and live the life that I do. Um, but again, you have to keep working hard. You've got to keep making the right moves. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's hard in itself. But I'm, I'm blessed to have a family like I do around me. Tyson, he's been through all this, still he's going through it, obviously, on a much higher level. And I can always go to him if I'm stuck for advice. My daddy's always there. He's lived a roller coaster, roller coaster life. He's lived about 10 lives in one. <laughs> so he's always there for great advice. So I believe, you know, I'm going to keep on doing well, keep on making the right moves and um, keep on showing everybody that anything can be achieved. Was it that thing that people sometimes talk about whereby you're in there and you're out and you look at your phone and you've got 2 million Instagram followers and you had like 22 before you went in does it literally yeah. blow your life up like that yeah I mean I remember coming out of Love Island and you know the final had just happened and you know everything went off air and Love Island was done and we the next day we were in a hotel and we got given our phones back and I was like oh thank god I can make a call to my mother now and my father and let them know I'm alright and whatnot. and we're coming yeah. home I switched my phone on and they told me to put it on aeroplane mode because if you didn't, your phone would crash and your phone would break. Wow. And I was like, right, all right, no problem. Have a day off, will you? Because <laughs> I've never watched Love Island before, so yeah. I didn't know that people was going on there 
and then coming off with millions and millions of followers. And I yeah. didn't know that. So I switched my phone back on and I seen two million followers and that's what I was on when I, when I left. Um, and I was like, interesting. And it didn't really hit me for a good while. It hit me when I got off the plane back in Stansted at the airport when there was probably 10,000 people at the airport no, screaming, some crying, you know, <laughs> and it's like Elvis Presley, you know, the fifth member of the Beatle band walking down the street and it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but again, you can't let it go to your head. Yeah. You can't because, you know, you'll fall off yourself. You'll fall off the wagon because it's, it's a raw deal to overcome. I mean, you imagine yourself, yeah, you're, you're a nobody. People know of you because Tyson's done so well. They know of you, but they're not really familiar with you. You're walking down the street, you complete nobody. You can go and, I don't need take a wee in the edge or something like that, and nobody cares. <laughs> and all of a sudden you come out and it's like Elvis Presley's just been reborn. Mm. You know, it's crazy and you've got to get your head around it, but I believe you've got to have a, the right people and the right family around you to get you through that, and that's exactly what I've had. And the fact that I'm not trying to hide anything and I'm just a normal man, you know, it's great, but I'm still the same guy. Mm. Any downside to being on Love Island? Um, for me, personally speaking, uh, Love Island was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it's given me Molly. Yeah. It's given me her that I've met. Who, that it was complete. I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, it's given me Molly. It's given me my first child in the way. Mm. You know, and I've got nothing bad to say about Love Island. It's an amazing show. It's an amazing process. And for the type of guy that I am, there's no downsides, no downsides to it because I've got very thick skin. And I was brought up doing interviews from 10, 12 years old, being in the boxing world, getting criticised there. No, you'll never do anything. It's just your brother who's good. You can't fight. So I, I had thick skin from an early age. So, you know, comments and stuff like that, it doesn't hurt me. Mm. And that's probably the biggest thing that people, you know, suffer with after come out of Love Island because, you know, of the criticism that they receive. But with me, that was never an issue because I didn't care. As long as my family thought I was a good guy, my missus and God, I didn't really care what anybody else thought about me. You know, I live my life for me. Um, and if you can you know, shut off the comments and the negativity, ne negativity and not care what people are saying about you. You know, you'll go on the show, you'll thoroughly enjoy it and they'll come off the show a happy man or a happy woman. You yeah. know, I, I believe the show has no downsides. Yeah, you're in the public eye a lot. And you know, you're life's, okay with that, are you? Yeah, and life's yeah. not your own as much, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't have it all. You know, I, I'm, I'm amazed, you know, me and Molly live the life that we live. We're genuinely the happiest people every day because of that, but you know, apart from that, we've got nothing to hide. That's why me and Molly were not really bothered about being in the public eye because we have nothing to hide. Mm. You, you could literally leave a mic on us and cameras recording all day long, every single day of the year, and we wouldn't be holding anything back. We'd just be the normal people that we are. And that's why being in the public eye doesn't, doesn't matter for us because we've got nothing to hide. Mm. You said the hate doesn't bother you. For a lot of people, that's not the case. It's really hard for them, and they don't yeah. know how to deal with it. Yeah. Obviously, there was Caroline Flack, who, um, you know, unfortunately, she committed suicide, and a lot of people just really struggle with what other people think about them. So I always like to talk to people who've kind of transcended that and can just brush it off. Can you give a few little tips, maybe, on how people can do that and care less about what other people think? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sit here and say, uh, you know, I oh, don't worry about what they say. Just, just crack on me your day. I'm not trying to do that because obviously people you know, take it in different ways, but just, you know, the moment you stop caring and stop trying to impress other people is the moment you become a hundred times happier, you know, and I've been there, I've worn a t-shirt and that's that, you know, I've tried to impress a million people, but then when you start to impress yourself, 
and start doing things for you, you feel 10 times better. It takes all the pressure off. And I think people just need to understand that a bit more. Like, you know, live for you. We only get one crack at this. It's not a dress rehearsal. We don't get to live life and do it again. You only live one life. So don't live your life worrying about what other people's got to say. You know, live your life for you because you're a long time dead. So, you know, I'm not getting on the side of a depressive conversation, but you are a long time dead mm. and you only get one crack at life. So don't live the life that everybody else wants you to live. Live your own life and make, the, make your own moves. Mm. I think that's the most important thing I can say, but everybody's different. You know, if you, if you struggle with negativity, struggle with comments, there's, pe there's great people, amazing people out there that you can speak to, you know, and, and get through it. You can get through anything just by talking, the same thing that we're doing now. Mm. But I genuinely, be th I genuinely think the more people don't care about what other people's opinions are, they become a lot happier. Mm. Like I say, live your own life, not other people's. So you just mostly don't read stuff online, you're not in the comments and you no, don't read no. social media much? Not at all. No. Um, when I post on Instagram, I don't read my comments. Um, I don't check my message requests because I'm not really bothered. <laughs> like, because nine times out of 10, you know, it's all down to jealousy and there's a lot of bad messages in there, mm. you know, and, and for the odd previous times that I've looked, it's not been great. It's been horrible, horrible mm. messages. So why am I going to read that knowing full well what's there and have a bad day myself? Mm. You know, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not, I'm not interested. I do what I have to on Instagram. I update people with what's going on. I show them little bits of my life. And for me personally, that's all social media is for. Mm. To give, to get up, well, mine is anyway, to give those people an insight to what I get up to in a day, when my next fight is, when I'm next training. You know, I don't have Instagram to scroll through comments and hate on people and send nasty messages. I, d I don't agree with that. Um, never have done before and it's not something that I understand. I don't know, you know, people must have an awful lot of free time. That's all I can say. Um, but we should be bringing each other up, not pulling each other down, you mm. know. Everybody's quick to comment on things that they want to, but it's not a nice thing. And I think people just need to take a minute and reflect on what they're doing and realise that it's, it's, it's not nice to do that. It's not a nice thing to put somebody down. Mm. Especially over social media, because a lot of these people will say it behind a text, but won't say it to your face. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't say it to you, yeah, would well, they? This is it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I get, I've got probably 99 plus messages in my inbox. 99 of them are bad. But then everybody that comes up to me on the street, oh, you're nice <laughs> as pie. I think you probably calling me an hour ago. So I don't know. You can't, you can't, you can't read into it at all. Why do you think people do that? Why are they the keyboard warrior? I don't know. I mean, I come from a family. I, I'm, I'm an old school man. You know, if, if you've got a problem with somebody, you go out and settle it. Um, and you settle it that way, you don't settle it over sending nasty text messages to each other. Like, that's just, I don't know, yeah. don't know what that is. You know, I'm a, I'm a man of my word, I'm an old school man, like I said, and none of that has ever appealed to me. Like, oh, I'm having, I'm having an argument over someone over text. <laughs> like, if, if you're gonna do something and have an argument, at least pick the phone up, arrange to meet somewhere, and get it straightened out like men. So you know, have you done that then? You've had a fight in a car park and straighten things out me, like no, men? No, I haven't because no. I don't surround myself with bad people. You know, I've probably got, I can count my friends on one hand. One hand. Um, and I trust every single one of them in my life. You know, I, I only am around people that I trust, that are there for my best interests. You know, I'm not, I'm not around anyone that has got it in for me who want to cause trouble. You know, I, don't, I live a very simple life. You know, everyone around me is 100, 110% or else they won't be around me. Um, obviously, you know, everyone's familiar with my dad. He runs a tight ship, and that's how you've got to be. You know, you've got to have a small circle, but trust everybody in there, and you know that's how you kind of eliminate yourself from those problems. Mm. So recently, um, Conor Ben got done for steroids. 
yeah. in boxing. Um, so a couple of things on that. Is that a bit of an epidemic now in boxing? And is that tarnish your boxing a bit, do you think? So I've, I can't really speak on Conor Ben because I've, I've, I don't know Conor in that way. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with the situation. Obviously, you see it on the headlines and stuff, but, you know, me knowing that headlines aren't always the trivial thing, I can't really comment on his situation. But as for drugs in sports, um, you know, it's always going to be there. You know, I think it's stupid to say that it's not. It's, of course, it's always going to be there. But I think when you're doing, you know, informants enhancing drugs in boxing and in combat sports, I think, I think you're just a bit of a, an idiot, really, a bit of a fool because you're messing with people's lives. You know, people not taking drugs and, you know, two normal people not on anything can die in that ring. So basically, you want to take some drugs to get one up on your opponent and put his life in danger. You know, yeah, we're in the fight game, yeah, we're in the hurt business, but we're not trying to kill anybody. You know, we, me, Tyson, you know, everybody in our family, we, we say a team prayer before we go out to the ring. And that is, may God protect us both, may let the best man win, and may us both all return to our family safe and sound. That's all I want to do in boxing. I'm not looking to kill anybody in boxing. I'm not looking to put anybody at risk of that. You know, I want a fair, clean fight 24-7 all the way around the board. Um, and I feel like that's the way everybody should be. But some people, you know, we all don't think the same. Mm. But I think drugs in combat sport is absolutely terrible because you're putting people's lives at risk. And that's just something you don't do. Mm. So you've got a proper lineage in your family of boxing, obviously, John Tyson. So the question is, did you find boxing or did boxing find you? Um, I think boxing found me. Boxing found me because as a little lad, I used to see my dad hitting the bag in the garage. I used to hear the sound all the time. And I heard it for like a month straight before, before I ever wandered out and said, what was it? You know, I was like, what's, what's that sound? And then one night, about half seven, eight o'clock, time doesn't really matter. Um, I, I went through the back door and I must have been very small, like, yeah, six, seven, whatever it may have been. And I see my dad hitting the boxing bag and I just, I just, there was a little crack there and I must have stood there for about 20 minutes with my coat on just watching him hit the bag. I think, I didn't know what boxing was at that time. I thought, what's this? And then every night I'd see him do the same thing. And I'd, every night I'd be there looking and watching. And then it went from watching to going on a run with him, you know, running down the street, jogging next to him as a little lad. Him not taking any notice, you know, not thinking about me being a boxer or anything. Me just going on a run with him. And then it went from there to putting on his mitts and hitting the bag myself. <laughs> you know, and once I went through all that process, you know, it's like a drug. You know, boxing is a heavy drug. Once you get that itch for boxing, you can't let it go. And that's just what, that's, that's just what happened. Mm. You know, uh, I thoroughly love the sport because if you don't, but you can't do boxing. But I hear a lot of things saying like, you know, are you just doing boxing for, for the money? You're just doing it for that, you know, and you can't. Boxing, especially, is too hard of a sport to do if you don't love it. Because you can't show up to the gym day in and day out and get your head punched in, bloody noses, spending nights in, in A&E if you don't love it. You know, there's a lot of other ways to make money, a lot easier ways. So you've got to actually love the game and adore it. And that's, that, that's what I have done. You know, I've been that way now for years. You know, I'm lucky enough to make a career out of it. And that's it. Each day by day, I'm just looking to improve day by day. But the boxing, yeah, I think boxing found me. <laughs> what is it you love about boxing? Because some people are obviously going to be like, well, smashing people for a, li for a living, yeah. how is that fun? What, can you describe what it is you love about it? It's a feeling that you, it's a feeling that you can't get from any other sport, that from, from me speaking anyway. Because I've, I've tried sports, you know, I've tried 
you know, athletics, you know, all the stuff in that, long distance running, sprint, shot put, javelin, all sort of stuff, tried wrestling, tried rugby, tried MMA, tried all these things, but boxing, <coughs> when you enter a boxing gym, a switch goes on, a light comes on, and when you're standing there, especially, you know, at the entrance walkway, when you're getting ready to walk down to your fight, you've got a whole crowd cheering for you, you feel like a, a Spartan, you feel like a warrior. You know, you've trained for weeks and months on end for this fight, and he's trained for weeks and months on end for you. And you're both meeting in front of a big crowd, live on television, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and you settle it, man, man versus man. And that, to me, I can't get that thrill, I can't get that buzz from anything else that I do. So that's kind of, once you, once you have that first fight, it's very, very hard to not continue that, because I'm pretty sure every boxer can agree with me here, like, the thrill and the excitement you get walking to the ring and actually competing in the ring, man versus man, it's, it's a feeling like no other. And you have literally got to partake in it to understand what I'm talking about. Mm. You know, to feel like an alpha male in the ring and everybody's tuned to see you have a fight. It's the best feeling that I can get, but I'm only speaking on me. I come from a fighting family, so it's very natural for me to think that way. But obviously people may think the sport's barbaric and stuff like that. You know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But for me, it's a great sport. It teaches kids discipline. It teaches them the right morals, gets you fit mentally and physically. I think that's why boxing's evolved so much over the years. You know, you don't just get your boxers that do boxing. You get your businessmen. You get your, you get your, I don't know, your stock market tradesmen going into the boxing gym, hitting the bag, hitting the pads, because it's a great stress reliever. And the world it is today, there's a lot of stress out there. And boxing, I think, is the best sport mentally to just shut, you, shut yourself away from everything, you know, get a workout in, and when you come out, you just feel brand new. Mm. I think that's the reason why everybody is so in love with boxing. Because mm. everybody can train to whatever they want to train for and come out feeling amazing. Mm. So we do a quick fire round mm -hmm. on the show. Um, you can answer them quickly or take a bit more time, it's up to you. So would you rather have one million new engaged followers on social media, all engaged, or one million cash on the table? Which one would you choose and why? Um, I'd probably take the cash on the table <laughs> just because, um, you know, I have got a little girl on the way. I'm planning to have, you know, a few kids and... A few? A few, Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. I would, I'd love a big family, obviously. Yeah. Got to ask the missus first. <laughs> but uh, we've got one on the way, so that's good. But I'd take yeah. the million, I'd take the, the, the money because, you know, children can't eat, you know, through Instagram followers. They can't eat the followers. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work that way. You've got to take the cash while it's there, you know, and, and, and let them have a great life. You know, at the end of the day, all I want to do is... I want to give my kids things that I never that I never had growing up. You know, I, I, had a, I had a great upbringing, the best that you could get. I had everything. I didn't want for anything within reason. You know, we didn't have, you know, luxury luxuries, but yeah. there's always food on the table and a roof over our heads. So the way things is at the minute, if I can do that for my children, I'd be more than happy. And obviously, that's why I take the money because it's no longer about myself. Yeah. You know, everything that I do now job-wise from, you know, whether it be boxing or Instagram, I don't think of it, oh, I'm going to earn a great amount of money doing this. It's going to be like, right, that's going to go for her and so on and so on because I want them to have a great life. It's no longer about me. So everything that I do in life now is now for my kid on the way and my kids in the future. Yeah. Touch wood. Amen. Right. We, we spent ages on this question on the way up. Oh, this should be good, <laughs> Would you rather have 20 mil cash on the table but you lose to Jake Paul yeah. or fight him for free, knock him the fuck out in front of 100,000 at Wembley? 
I think it's very, very, very obvious which one I would Come do. on then, tell us. I would fight him for free. I've actually already offered to fight him for free. Really? Yes, I did. Uh, I put that on social media the other day. Um, so obviously, we'll see how game is there. But yeah, I'd fight him for free all day long. Yeah, not a problem. Because like I said before, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me a trillion pound to lose to Jake Paul. I'd see the fight for free, dust him, and move on. Because like I said before, money's not my god, not interested. What I am interested in is breaking his face in. So that's kind of it. So yeah, Jake Paul will be getting spanked. <laughs> um, what would you regard as the biggest success in your life? Having a child on the way. You know, that to me is the most amazing thing that I have accomplished, that I'll ever accomplish. Because there's a lot of unfortunate people out there that, that are not in that position, you know, that can't have children. And the fact that I can have children and I've got one on the way, that's the biggest blessing that I'll ever receive in my entire life. Mm. Because that there is, it means more to me than any type of money, anything. Or I'm a family man, I am, you know, because I get passionate speaking about it. And yeah, having, having children is the, best, is the best and biggest blessing that I'll ever receive. So, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm around a lot of entrepreneurs. And some of the successful female entrepreneurs I've mentored, or I know, say they find it hard dating because men have a problem with their entrepreneurial success or the fact that they might earn a lot of money. You've got Molly who's also very successful. What yeah. advice would you give to those people who struggle to find men because they're successful? Take it you're not jealous of Molly's success. How do you stay equal, balanced? In, in regards to me and Molly? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the way that is, you know, we're both very successful. You know, she's successful in her field. I'm successful in my field and we're both really happy for each other. Like, we're just not jealous people. Like, you know, the fact that she gets up and lives her dream and the fact that I get up and live my dream, that's enough. Like, and we're both successful at it. You know, we're really, really happy for each other like that. So if Molly gets an amazing deal in, oh, really, really happy for you, babe, well yeah. done. When I win in a fight, really, really proud of you. Amazing, keep, keep working out. We'll just spur each other on all the way. And that's what, it, that's what it's about. Mm. Relationship isn't about money or fame or whatever like that. It's about the connection that both people have. You know, if you, you, you've got an on-fire connection and you feel, you know, just the happiest man or woman in the world alive when you're with your partner, that's the right one. Mm. You know, it's not about anything else. It's not about money or what you do for a job. You know, I, I've seen, you know, people who empty the bins on a Sunday with very wealthy women. Just, be, just because they love being around each other and they're not there for money, they're there for each other. What would you say is your biggest failure? Biggest failure? That's a tough question. Um, I, I, can't, I can't really answer that because I don't feel like I've ever, you know, in my eyes, failed. You know, I either, I either learn from it, I grow from it, or I accomplish it. You know, in my life, especially in my line of work, failure is not an option. You know, I don't train with the thought of failure in my mind. I don't live day-to-day -day life with the thought of failure ever going through my mind once. You know, I think failure is a mindset. You know, if you think you've failed, in hindsight, you either learn or you grow from that. It's about how you, how you come back from that. But fail is, um, I believe no one ever fails. You know, they either, like I say, you learn from it or you grow from it. I think failure is a, a mindset um, of one which you choose. And I have never, ever chose that route. You know, I, that's the first time I've heard the word failure and actually thought about it probably in all my life. Because growing up around my dad and around Tyson, obviously, the successful people, you know, you never think of failure. You know, if you want to be successful, you can't think of failure. Put all your eggs in one basket and go for it. So talking about being around John and Tyson, what's the best advice you ever receiving? What's the best advice you ever remember receiving from 
John or Tyson? The best advice I've ever received from my dad and Tyson is just to stick to your guns, know your worth, and keep your feet on the floor. That's the best, that's the best advice I've ever been given. And that all has led me to where I am today. My feet are firmly on the floor. I know full well you know, what I'm worth to myself and to everybody else. Um, and that's it, that, that, that's the most important advice because they're, they're the only things that you can carry through life no matter what position you're in that actually mean anything. You know, if you know your worth and you're willing to go through life knowing your worth, you're gonna get what you desire. You know, don't have anyone dictate what your worth is. If you, whatever you think you're worth, stick to that and stick to your guns and stand by it. Do you remember any bad advice you've ever received? Off my dad. And, <laughs> or anyone. And, or your dad. <laughs> my dad, honestly, and Tyson, my old families give me, you know, sound advice all the time. They've always given me good advice. You know, my dad's never going to give me bad advice because he's not interested in money. Mm. He's not out to get anything off me. So everything he's telling me is for the good of my health. Mm. Um, bad advice. Um, can't say I've ever ever received any because the only, there's only one person I ever go to. It's my mother or my father for advice. I don't, I don't go to anybody else for advice because at the end of the day, everybody else isn't my mum and dad. You know, they're, they're, they're the reason why I'm here and they want to see their son do well. So if I've got any, any problems, I just go to them two people. Mm. And I know for a fact, and I could put my heart and soul on it, they'll never give me a bad drop advice. Mm. And your mother and father are always right. <laughs> no matter what happens, no matter what happens in your life, or you think you're dead set on something, your mother and father are, all, are always right. Mm. And even when you think they're wrong when you grow up, you look back yeah. and realise they I realise right. that they're right, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, bad advice. I've not really been around anybody like that to receive right. bad advice from, luckily. Your biggest regret? Biggest regret. I'm not even trying to speak like I've done it all in life because I haven't. I've done basically. I've not accomplished anything. Anything in life. I've sat in the sun for two months and <laughs> and that's it. Like everything's come off that. And obviously, I've trained out at the gym and whatnot. But biggest. I don't regret anything. I don't have any regrets because life can be over in a flash. So I live every single day like it's my last. And that might rhyme. So I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so I just. I think of everything as my last day on on earth. So. I have no regrets. If I want to go out and do something, I'll do it. If mm. I want to go somewhere, I'll go somewhere. Yeah. If I want to go down that avenue, I'll, go to, I'll do whatever makes me happy because I know I'm here sat talking to you, but I could easily walk down the road and life could be over. You never know. So live, if you live every day like it's your last, how can you have any regrets? Mm. You know, I've, 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 every, all the struggles that I came through as a child, getting to the boxing gym and trying to make a breakthrough of, you know, when everyone thought I'd do nothing. You know, it's it's one of them things. Like, I don't regret anything because everything that I've done in the past has brought me to where I am now, and it's made me the man who I am. Mm. So I don't have any regrets. This show is called Disruptors. What does the word disruptive mean to you? Disruptive, yeah. yeah. For me, it means not going with the flow. You know, not being, not just going along with what everybody wants you to do. You know, disrupt it. Like that. That means to me, like, don't go by the book. You know, don't live your life by the book. Break out, you know, if you want to go and do something absolutely ridiculous, if you've got some absolutely ridiculous dreams, go ahead and chase them. Disrupt the cycle, you know, that everybody is too afraid to. You know, if you want to do something, go out and do it. You know, have a passion for it and go and achieve it and don't stop until you get there. Disrupt for me means exactly that. Like, you know, feel free to disrupt everything. Like, don't let anybody tell you you can and can't do anything because you can do whatever you want. Like you say, you just got to put your mind to it. So I believe that's what it stands for. Can I ask you for some advice? If you want to. Right, I mean, I'm I only 23. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I've, I've not, ages but a number. About halfway around the block at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So this might or might not go out, depending okay. on what happens. But um, Harry and I are pretty sure in two days, in an interview with someone, they're going to call me out for a fight. They're going to call you out? I think so. We're pretty sure. Yeah, we've, okay. seen, we've seen the questions. Um, he, he's sort of a guy who's in a space I'm in. I'm quite big in property. Okay. And he's in this space. And he's quite noisy and controversial. Someone asked me if I could take him out in a fight, and I said yes. Okay. Um, I have done a little bit of training before. Yeah. And I've just, we're, we're on a, a show in two days, All right. and I'm pretty sure he's going to call me out. And if he calls me out, I'm putting 50 grand down yeah. and I'm going to bet him yeah. and I'm going to fight him. Yeah. So Come I need on. some advice on how do I train for the next three months as someone who's called me a pretty much a newbie yeah. to beat someone in a fight. Has he fought before? I don't think so. He's not. So you both on the even so. playing Yeah, yeah. Well, that to me, um, if I was in your position, let's, let's put it that way, I would 100% take the fight because if somebody's calling for it, you know, they better be careful what they I, wish for. I, I, I'm in this. Yeah. I want to do it. Do it. Yeah. 100%. I would say bet the money. And the most important thing that I can say to you now is believe in yourself. Because being a boxer and obviously having many conversations with Tyson, who is a master of the mind, everything is done and achieved with what's in here. You can train in the gym for 12 weeks and do the exact same diet, exact same training that I do. But the difference on the night will be that I'm mentally prepared and you're not. You know, you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe and vision yourself winning. You need full confidence in yourself, confidence in yourself that you are, you are gonna be the better man on the night. Train as hard as you possibly can, like nothing else matters. Sacrifice everything. And I am 99.9%, .9%, I mean, I've not seen you throw hands before, but <laughs> I'm pretty confident in you. You know, if you be, I'm confident in anybody. Anybody that has massive self-belief, how, how can you bet against them? Because mm. at the end of the day, self-belief is everything. Tyson has got to where he's got right now. He's the best fighter in, like I said before, the best fighter in the history of the game, in my opinion, through self-belief. If Tyson listened to everybody that said he couldn't make it, he wouldn't be where he is now. Mm. He's where he is now because obviously he's God-given talent, but self-belief, and that's the big thing that he preaches. If you yeah. believe in yourself, anything is possible. So get yourself in the gym, get the 50 grand down, <laughs> get in front of him and show him what's good. I'm quite excited about this. You should be. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a fight is a feeling that he doesn't know before. I'm putting 50 grand down yet and I know he's going to call me out but I just want to make sure I think putting yeah. 50 down, grand down live on a podcast YouTube yeah, it, puts him in his place, yeah. Yeah. it sends a message to him that you're serious about yeah. it and you're ready for it yeah. and that'll send a message to him as well um, yeah. but the biggest thing is believe in yourself and yeah I'm not Jake enjoy Paul everything. so I can't put 5 million oh, down I mean, <laughs> don't get me started on him but believe in yourself you know um, and enjoy it yeah. because you're healthy, you're walking about, you're able to train. Some people are not able, able to do that. Yeah. So enjoy yourself, enjoy every single minute of it and bring the win home. All right. I'll let you know There's when no I advice. do this. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Let me know. Yeah. If you need a sparring or a sparring partner or two. I might, I I might need you. that. Yeah. A lot of sparring is in. Do you think I should do a lot of sparring? Um, two, three times a week. Yeah. Depending on if you're fighting, what, if you're fighting a four round fight, I'd suggest doing four to six rounds twice a week yeah. for eight weeks, seven yeah. weeks. It's enough. Yeah. You, don't need to, you don't need to get your brains knocked out for, no. for free, I'll tell you that much, <laughs> yeah. off, yeah. off some big cyclops in the gym. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. No. So uh, get your running done, get your sparring done, eat right, show up on the night and do the job. Yeah. Tommy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so pleasure. much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good man.